Hello and welcome back to the Comic Literate Podcast, the podcast that does deep dives into the best of comic books, graphic novels, mangas, penny dreadfuls, web comics, newspaper comics, essentially any single frame illustrations where the characters use bubbles to talk or think. I'm your host, the soon to be known as Comic Stan, and with me as always is my zestful co-host, it's Jamie. Quick, be, be zestful, be zestful. Zestful? Yes. Zestful? Yeah, like a zest for life. Like lemon zest. Yeah, well, I'm a... <laughs> You don't, I don't need you a fucking, confused. I don't need a fucking etymology for the word zest, Ryan. Like I've cooked. I know what zest is. I just don't have any zest. Just give the conversation a, a zest of your personality with a grater. I think that's how it works. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I can get a fucking grater if you want me to. I don't know how like, you would put a personality through it specifically, but I mean, I could, I could imagine it. <laughs> Emergency <laughs> services telling you what happened here. Well, we tried to personality through a zest, like. Yeah, I, no, I needed to be more ze- zestful, not zesty. Uh, zestful. Se- you've, zestful. You've finally got onto a word I've never heard of, I think. Wow. Because, stupid word. Uh, well, I mean, just because it begins with a Z doesn't necessarily mean it's a... I mean, it's one of the lesser used ones, so hey, that might be why. I'm not saying I have a prejudice against the letter Z here. Well, apparently... Z for our American viewers. Z, Z. I think they use both. No, they use Z. Oh, really? Oh, fair enough. Z for zebra. Z, Z... Yeah, yeah. Well, apparently it's characterized by great enthusiasm and energy and thinking that you knew all the words, at least more than I do for sure. But thinking you might know all the words, I thought you're going to be like, yeah, zesty, here we go. It is me being zestful. Come on. And I was going to be like, thank you. I did drop you into it without any warning. Once you said zestful, I knew exactly what you meant. Like I'm not like a lemon. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not clinically unable to like work out what a word means from its constituent roots. Like, I yeah. understand language. But to be fair, so like, even when you contextually understand a word, sometimes you'll use it, and they'll be like, someone could call you out a little bit, and be like, "Oh, what does that word mean that you just use?" And you kind of then have to admit you have an idea of the meaning, but not a specific enough one to define it, if that makes sense. I'm I'm dreadful for using words without knowing what they mean, but I don't make a conscious choice. I'm not like. I'm going to use this word, even though I have no idea what the fuck it means. You just surreptitiously try and slip surreptitious in without knowing what it means. Like, I mean, personally, if I said it, I would say it in that similar context, again, without knowing what it means. He surreptitiously opened the can of baked beans. I don't know if you can surreptitiously open baked beans, unless you were doing it really slow. I mean, I'll give like... it a bloody good go. <laughs> Are you into beans? I mean, I, I, I fuck with beans, yeah. I don't fuck with beans. Really? Not at all? No, like... So, don't get me wrong, right? Kidney beans, basically any kind of bean that isn't labelled Heinz in a can with a gross, piss-weak tomato sauce, I fucks with. You know, apparently, better mm. than Heinz, Branston. I've heard a lot of people have said they switched from Heinz to Branston. They're all foul as far as I'm concerned. Like, runny, piss So, baked beans as a concept, oh, you take issue with. fucking vile. But, like, you know, chickpeas. What about barbecue beans? So baked beans, but a little barbecue sauce or something or something similar mixed in. I've had a pulled pork dish mm. which had some beans in it. And that in that context, beans are all good. Right. But ba- no, baked baked beans, barbecue beans, they can they are oh, they're foul. Not the mass produced baked beans as yeah. as we know it. Do you know what the problem is, mate? I grew up working class in Britain. Beans so- every day. Well, they, yeah, no, beans were offered to me frequently, and they always looked fucking foul. I mean, they're not the most appealing. They they are the most colour in the sea of grey that is the uh, <laughs> the British British Friday night dinner of 
nuggets and chips and you i know. saw a really great um uh like god it was it was a meme probably instagram and it said um uh, french people call them hors d'oeuvres uh greek people call it no Spa- uh, french people call them hors d'oeuvres spanish people call them tapas British people call it picky bits in the garden. Yep. <laughs> I've, I've used the phrase picky bits before. And I think independently at one point I looked down and went, this is all beige. Well, the, and, and I think you can tell a lot by a person by what they call freezer food. Like I call it beige. I'm, I'm like, mm. oh, I'm, I'm having beige food tonight. Uh, one of my friends calls it school dinners, which I find really charming. God, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's a weird one. I tell you, back in... Back in middle school, so this was yeah. before we ever met, they used to do a turkey burger, like Ooh, every... Was it a turkey dinosaur? No, so it looked like a normal burger, but the weird thing was, it was really delicious. And <laughs> then, and my parents were, I'd be like, oh, it's Wednesday, so I'm going to have the school dinner, because they do uh, the turkey burgers. And I think my parents were a bit like, okay, like, but, like, something was a bit, you know, off, but they weren't quite sure. Yeah. And then years later, like left middle school, went to high school, obviously stopped eating them. Yeah. And then years later, turkeys become a big chicken substitute for healthiness. Like yeah. if you want leaner meat, you want yeah, a yeah. you want a chicken rather than a turkey or something. Um. And then having turkey then being like, what was in those <laughs> turkey burgers <laughs> that made them taste way better than turkey should have any right to? Yeah, be? Yeah, absolutely. Basically, I think they were burger form of the turkey Twizzlers. Yeah, of which if they you're were. British and you know and you've heard of Jamie Oliver, that's like his his <laughs> an, the antagonist to Jamie Oliver's life was the turkey Twizzler. And to be fair, turkey Twizzler was gone for a bit. It's coming back. Oh, they're back. Yeah. They're with a vengeance. Which I see is, them. Which regularly. makes Jamie Oliver the the Star Wars protagonist who somehow Turkey Twizzlers <laughs> have returned. <laughs> and all the accompanying evil music that comes with people opening packs of Turkey Twizzlers like, no. Anyway. <laughs> Shit got switch, weird switch, real quick. Switching gears here. Um, Shit got real weird real quick. It is. Um, do we have some corners we want to address before the, uh, the old main title? Oh, fuck it. I can sit in a corner for a bit. Yeah, just facing the other way. Dun- dunce hat. Do you want done that? What? Because I didn't know zestful. No, just because that's why when you put someone in the corner, like the old like childhood thing, like put the dunce hat on them. And was that your childhood? Did you go to school in the nineteen thirties? Well, yeah, I look good for my age, obviously. <laughs> that's why I think of it's like putting someone that or dirt is a uh, dirty dancing, wasn't it? Putting baby, can't in the put corner. baby in the corner. Exactly. Those are the only <laughs> references to corners in like <laughs> mainstream media or pop culture. Maybe send us in if you have any other references to corners. Send them in to the show. There's a seminal grime album. The called The Corners. Boy in the Corner. Yeah. Or that with the dunce hat, probably. That's where it comes from, I reckon. Yeah. Um, what was his name? Dizzy Rascal. Yeah, that's Dizzy probably, Rascal's yeah. first album. He's probably I done wouldn't try, like I wouldn't try to put a dunce hat on Dizzy Rascal. Well, no, you wouldn't I mean you'd it, I know you're nice enough not to attempt to put one on anyone. Even a even a child that some would argue would probably deserve it. I read you'd still be too nice to do. Ryan that. says as Jamie tries to surreptitiously hide the dunce hat he prepared earlier. Is the dunce or is the dunce hat on the cat? <laughs> <laughs> You've been bad. I mean, you, she knows what she's did. <laughs> the dunce hat is cone shaped, so at some point yes. she is going to have. She's going to wear a, a dunce cone. cone, yeah, so that she doesn't pick her stitches. And you got to put a D on it. It's like. <laughs> The dunce is because you would pick, you would eat your own stitches. That's why you. That's why you're wearing the dunce cone. <laughs> the dunce cone. 
Or alternatively, I'm sure you've seen it before. You can get the um, kids' clothes and put them on the cat. Yes. That does the same job and makes for great uh, grand picks. So. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm going to do that. Yeah. Speaking of like being put in a corner, when mm-hmm. I when when we, when we were in high school, I had a teacher. Um, I'm not going to say his name, but I'm just going to say he was my electronics teacher. Okay. And if you were particularly, like, if you misbehaved, he would look at you and say, repeat after me, I am a pumpkin. And he would make you repeat, you would, he would make you, like, stand up in front of the room and say, I am a pumpkin. And that was his form of punishment. And it right. seemed perfectly normal at the time, but now I look back on it, fucking weird. I mean, I mean, compared to the... The 90s, like... Yeah, perfectly innocuous compared to what was happening in the 80s. Yeah, exactly. There was was worse stuff. It was like, compared to like 10 years ago, it was probably like considered very progressive for just not touching the child. For reference for any of our American listeners, corporal punishment was a thing in British schools until about 1985. So it's future Jamie here. Past Jamie just said something that is like a little bit factually incorrect. Um, And it's really important to me that you all know that the correct day is the 22nd of July, 1986. Yeah, the cane was the big one, yeah, wasn't it? And the Fingers chalkboard of the cane. rubber. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're just... Thrown out a window. Well, yeah, no, you'd li- literally, if you misbehaved, your teacher would just pick up a big wooden rubber from a chalkboard and throw it at you. Mm. Like British and they had, schools they had and... uh, wooden handles. Yeah, no, yeah. that would fucking hurt. Yeah, because they you would think with the side that actually takes it off, that's like a soft material. Yeah, there's a wooden handle on the other yeah. side. So depending if it's flipping midair, <laughs> like it's like when someone you know axe throwing. Yeah, if you throw an axe, like fifty percent chance you get hit with the axe, fifty percent chance the handle just hits you. Absolutely. And well, obviously with the axe, the handle is the preferred side, but with the blo- the chalkboard, chalkboard rubber. rubber. Yeah, I was trying, I literally I haven't used the word chalkboard in so long, so I was like having to like process it in my brain. I would imagine that chalkboard is going to disappear from the dictionary within the next five To be years. fair, when we were there, it was probably whiteboard rubber, but same, you know, they still had yeah. the same kind of, they probably kept the same rubbers from the chalkboards and kept <laughs> using them on the whiteboards. And some like tech guy was like, you know, you shouldn't use the old chalkboard wipers on the, you'd use the, the spray and the wipe and all that. They said all that as well, yeah. So what have you been reading or what what is your comic book with too many words and not enough pictures? Yeah, no, I've started reading fiction again in an effort to be right, good, smart once more. Right, good, smart? Nice. Right, good, proper smart. Um, so I'm reading All the Pretty Horses by Cormac McCarthy. Um, Cormac McCarthy being a an American novelist from mid-20th century. He was a real miserable fucker. And it really shines through in his books. Most most authors are, I would hazard a guess. Yeah, and this is this is a book about um this sort of this teenager who is losing his family ranch that he grew up on and navigating his really, really difficult relationship with his mum who's gone off to be an actress in California. Um very, very emotive, uh beautifully written. Mm. It's less interesting when I'm not reading a weird non fiction book about fish, isn't it? I mean, the nonfiction one, so the fish one had a lot of opportunities <laughs> for me to butt in and make Call of Duty jokes. Yeah. Whereas like a real heartfelt, like sincere story is kind of like, well, I feel bad if I make a joke about it now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But how, how, how are you finding it in terms of the quality of the writing, shall we say? Oh, he's a great writer. It's a bit impenetrable because he doesn't like to tell you who's speaking very often. Right. He very, very rarely does he say, Josh says, um, and so you're constantly trying to work out who's speaking and you're kind of being very, very 
um, you're having to be quite purposeful when you're reading it to try and work out who's speaking a lot of the time. Um, but I think that I think that just makes you read it more closely, right? Which has been really fun. It's been really fun to read something closely. It's been really fun to read something a story that I have to pay attention to by a really great novelist, instead of um just reading weird nonfiction books and comic books. Well, this is a theme that we've had with I think most some of the most recent tales we've we've looked at is that the ones that are written better in a more realistic way in terms of realistic dialogue and stuff you do have to pay that extra attention like Mm. in real life because in real life people don't go like hello jamie my friend who i first met in high school and have worked with since and now host a podcast with like that's part of it and when it's when books are written or any kind of fiction is written or presented in that way you do have to pay that extra attention yeah and that's i think that's becoming more of a problem in this day and age yeah with the somehow like like in not um developed adhd kind of level yeah. from phone interaction stuff like that yeah i agree which i i find that like doing anything like unless it's reading would probably be a lot better for me in this regard but unless i'm sitting down reading a comic or i'm playing a video game unless it's those two things anything else like watching tv film wrestling whatever the phone is always there and i'm oh, like yeah. pick up look you start doing stuff like oh i haven't paid attention for like five minutes I have to put my phone in another room to read. Yeah. Like physically, my phone goes into a different room so that I can read. Yeah, I have a very kind of weird, like, my hands will be needing just to do something. Yeah. So when it's, if it's comics, literally even just on the computer, just tur- like clicking the button, turning the page, that's enough. Yeah. Video games, obviously, hands are interacted. Uh, be with video games, it's like just, you know, the hands obviously got the controller. Yeah. But as soon as it's TV film or anything, just what passive. Like co- yeah. physically, passively just watching, the hand is just like, pick up the phone, go on it, have a look. And I have to resist that urge. I have two phones as well. Drug dealer. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously. Who, I, who the fuck else has time to podcast? Is it, is it a work phone or? What? Yeah, I have a work phone as well. All right. But I have a really busy work phone. Right. Um, and Can so, you turn it off outside hours? Well, I do. I don't know if I'm supposed <laughs> to, but I do. Tim, we couldn't get a hold of you. Oh, I assumed I could turn that off. <laughs> you're on call. You're a surgeon. Like, oh, I just turned it off. I, I think I think the people who call my work phone don't like the fact that I turn it off when I'm not working. But also, what am I just going to answer the phone to you and be like, fuck off, I'm not working. Hang up. Yeah, it's, uh, it's more polite in that situation to not pick it up. Yeah. And then when they're like, what happened? You'd be like, oh, I when I'm not working, I put it in a safe in the basement or something. <laughs> when I'm not working, I just give it to a toddler to play with. <laughs> Jamie can't come to the phone right now. Like, Jamie's a popo head. I've got a child taking my me- <laughs> taking my messages while I'm while I'm out of office. Uh, not very good at it. Somebody called Mr. Policeman rang. What did you tell them? <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> We're the hostages. I'm Batman. Quite the quite the tangent. I'm um, Batman. Yes, you are sometimes in the sense that you beat up poor people. Oh <laughs> shit! <laughs> We've seen the latest controversy from the Blue Beetle trailer. I don't know what any of those words mean so the new dc film that's coming out soon is the the blue beetle who is a dc superhero that's a terrible name for a superhero well it's interesting it's uh the original blue beetle you the best reference for you will be um the original blue beetle was what a night owl from the watchman was based on so he was that kind of character but from like golden age kind of era they read they kept the character name and kind of rejigged the character into a more modern version where instead of being a guy a rich guy with gadgets he's now like 
an alien suit that latches onto his spine and is like a oh, kind of Iron Man suit kind of thing. He's got the kid who played Miguel in yes. Cobra Kai in it. Yeah, exactly. I've yeah. seen the trailer, yeah. So bit in the trailer, his uncle, one of them references Batman, and that's like a they put that in intentionally to be like part of a bigger universe, but we don't know which one because there's about ten different Batmans well, right it, now. We it? don't know who's gonna stay in or not. But he someone mentions Batman, he goes, Batman's a, a fascist. And apparently people generally took issue with that, being like Bloody James Gunn, who's redoing the DC universe, he, he hates Batman, he thinks he's a fascist. Like, you don't understand that this character within the story is yeah. the character who would think that about Batman because he's like, I think like a conspiracy theory kind of character. Nice, cool. But it's just, it was such a dumb thing for people to get like genuinely upset about because they think these fictional characters are real people they have to defend. Yeah. Not even that they think they're real people, but just like, if so, like the, the arguments that happen about like, who would win, Batman versus Superman? Like, people get really fucking irate about shit like that. Also, there's an obvious correct answer. Well, what you think is the obvious correct answer, I, I'm almost willing to bet is the least represented outcome whenever they've happened in comics. Does Batman always win? Not always, but Batman's won on two major occasions, I'd say. Two of the more well-known occasions. To quote Hank Green... Batman is just a rich guy with an affinity to bats. Yes. But here's the thing. Batman, the consensus is that Batman apparently will win any fight if he has preparation time. That's the most common consensus. So if he knows what he's up against and he has time to prepare for it, he will find a way to win. So when it comes to Superman, the biggest one was, it kind of accounts, but it doesn't, one was um, Frank Miller's The Dark Knight Returns. In that one, Batman is older and Superman is still Superman because I don't... He's Superman, he doesn't age. Kryptonians don't yeah. age, yeah. But so they have a fight because Batman's being Batman when he shouldn't have been Batman anymore. And Frank Miller writes Batman really well, but he doesn't write Superman very well. So Superman's like a pro-government like kind of guys like well if the uh, government say it so i've got to enforce it kind of thing which any real superman comics like superman's very you know free thinker kind of like i do what's right you know in my head but he's also very kind of like i'm a god on this earth so i'm not gonna interfere a lot in yeah. in how earth operates but he won't he won't then just be like oh i'll go along with this like if superman was around in 1930s germany who wouldn't be like well the government said so so uh <laughs> oh off you go then so i'm not allowed to give the name of one of our old school teachers but you could talk about the nazis the nazis aren't gonna sue us for like for what, like say like it, what's the word libel against them or something that's the risk is what i'm saying hey we have to be we have to be careful we have to treat old high school teachers and nazis the exact same way <laughs> i mean some of our old high school teachers might be Nazis. You know they might be. For, 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 without verifying for sure, there's a few that definitely look like they could have been. Fucking A, yeah. yeah. So Superman, in that one, Batman wins because he, he got like a whole armor suit thing ready to fight him. But even knowing that that wouldn't do the job and all the other stuff he had planned that, look, that just slowed him, slowed Superman down a little bit, the ultimate thing was he had Green Arrow who Superman had previously, again, badly written Superman, had ripped one of his arms off because he refused to stop being a superhero as well. Um, he fires an arrow at Superman, which is a kryptonite-releasing arrow. So Superman catches the arrow, as he would, but it, re it releases a gas kryptonite, and that obviously fucks him up. And 
Kryptonite's dumb as well. I'm sorry. Kryptonite's just such a dumb idea. Do you know where Kryptonite actually came from? It wasn't originally part of the canon, was it? No, not It was in the like comics. a radio show or something? Yeah, but do you know why? It's a fun story. What, wasn't there a, an episode where somebody wasn't about? The guy who voiced Superman wanted a holiday. So they wrote, they created the concept of kryptonite. To, so that he could have a week off. Yeah, so for a week, it's like, <laughs> Superman's in the hospital bed because they finally found one thing that actually, like, weakens him. And then the next week, like, I'm fine now again. It, I was partially weakened for a bit, but now I'm back to normal because kryptonite's a weakness, but it's not that deadly to me. Wild, isn't it? Yeah. But I mean, it makes sense in the sense of, like, if you have a godlike character, I think it does actually... I'm not even the biggest Superman fan, but I think it does, it balances well when you've got an infinitely, you know, um, powerful, godlike character, but then you have a thing that's completely benign to everyone else, weakens him. And it's Achilles, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. It's, uh, and it's, it is the, I mean, these, this day and age, it's, it's the archetypal weakness, isn't it? Mm. Is the kryptonite is a synonym for Achilles heel, it's, like yeah. for a weakness now. Would you like a donut? Oh, they're my kryptonite. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> But so yeah, Batman won that way, and he had a little speech about like, um, about like you know the 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 strength of the kryptonite. I um, I measured out so it wouldn't kill you, but just weaken you, and that's because I want you to know that I beat you, and I want you to remember in your darkest moments that Batman beat you. That kind of thing. Honestly, I'm gonna say something now. You don't like Batman? No, I don't. That's fair. I just, I just think that. It's been done to fucking death. And, like, he's not that interesting a character. The whole tortured rich guy thing just doesn't do it for me. Yeah, I mean, as I said, he's been around since the 50s, so and it's... his villains, his villains, fucking dumb. I like some of his villains. He's got one of the best rogue gallery of any superhero. No, no, that... he has a clown. Mm. A geezer in a suit called Penguin. A fucking civil servant whose face got burned. They're all dumb. So stupid. Yeah, you've named the dumber ones. Mr. Freeze is a good character. When he was redone to actually yeah, have a sympathetic okay. background. Um, Ra's al Ghul can be very interesting. Like, Catwoman's see- the only good one. Well, she's barely an antagonist, though, nowadays. Especially nowadays. But she's obviously, she's come across some more anti-hero than... Because uh, she was good. Because she was a good antagonist, and they were like, we want her on the roster. Yeah, but the only reason she didn't get like the same treatment as everyone else was that, one, she was a thief, so she wasn't killing people. So yeah. Batman was very kind of like, well, I don't like your nicking stuff, and if I see you doing it, I'm going to make you put it back. I'm going to call your mum. Yeah, but I'm not, kinda, I'm not coming at you with the same <laughs> intensity as like the murderers, <laughs> which is fair enough. It's I think, reasonable, yeah. isn't it? Um, who was a good it's one? It's weird for a rich guy. Well, most exactly. Ri- most rich guys would count theft as a much higher crime than murder. Well, Batman because murder is the crime that they commit on yes. a daily basis. Yes, all of them. But yeah. the thing with Batman is interesting is on that's islands. that's the latest. Well, murder's the least of the bloody problems. Um, that, so that can stay in. <laughs> that, Again, that that can stay in, right? To an arbitrary the, the billionaires, <laughs> like to those people, not down the road teacher <laughs> from high school who could knock on your door. I heard what you said on my podcast. I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> Let's face it, the address they had on the file for me in 2007 is still the same one. It might be. <laughs> like, I could just come and up. We knew you were still here. How? Imagine <laughs> just, turn, just turning up and knocking on your door. I'm gonna, you know what's good? I've already downloaded a Beep soundtrack. Because, Have you? Because I made a TikTok short, which just came out 
at some point, yeah. regardless of when this comes out. But it's one where you swore, but it was such a important context to the to the clip. So I put a beep in instead of taking it out. I remember it. Yeah. Well, it just came out today. So have you oh, seen it okay. today? No. No. I. So you had a swear on a previous one. I lowered the volume. Yeah. But this one, because the swear was actually important, like it wasn't just like you swore just as like a, a normal swear. This was like contextually like you are getting across meaning with this word. It's a contextually important swear. Exactly. But because obviously YouTube and TikTok and all that, um, I just put a beep over it. But the beep, I, I like the beep as a swear. I like the the, the stereotypical, like you when someone's on a thing. I, so I find the bleep to be more charming than just a string yes. of characters. Yes, exactly. But the, I'm talking about in an audio visual form, it always takes me back to the Jerry Springer. Like that's, I think, where it first yeah, became popular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's something so funny about someone who's just like on a tirade of swears, but it's all the beeps. Yeah. And you have to like, you play almost a game where you kind of try and work out what oh, they're saying. Swear it is, and it's, yeah. and the really fun ones where like in comedies and stuff where they do intentionally, they um put in word, normal words in between them. Yeah. So you hear like, beep, 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 penguin, beep, beep. Like, what the? <laughs> what what the say? beep? What yeah. the beef is going on here? Exactly. Um, great one. Reference, if anyone, if anyone's looking for something very funny, use of it. Auntie Donna, the sketch group, they have a thing where whenever people swear in their sketches, I know this all the time, but they, they went through a phase where whenever they were swearing, they would put beeps in, but just really bad ones. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. It, was almost, it was almost like, what the fuck? <laughs> I heard the word. <laughs> so they put in intentionally bad ones, which yeah. obviously made it a lot funnier. I re- yeah, no, that 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 is funny. Like that, I I like Arnie Donna. Yeah, and the beeps are funny as well. Mm. Um, you know, while we're on this topic, um, we're eventually going to get to my corner. I was even going to, I wasn't even going to talk about this, but I've been watching the new uh, Auntie Donna series. Yeah. So what house of fun the second season of it? No, no. So it's a different show. Oh, is um, it? Australian Australian network TV show, but it's on some streaming. Um, but it's the it's they're basically like continuing a series. It's doing a new sketch show, but yeah. it's them running a coffee shop. So it's Arnie Donna's coffee shop, or I might be getting the title wrong, but it's something basically like that. But basically, if you like Arnie Donna at all, it's just their humor again yeah. like the thing about their humor is literally they just pick a setting as just like you know when a sketch group is like we need a place and then but they'll last like for like improv a, yeah improv like a job and a, but literally all they need is a place and then they just go like they don't so they do funny else. aren't they they're, they're all hilarious. so funny yes and you know what really bummed me out i was watching them mm. and one of the characters they're talking about there's a joke about like not having had a seventh birthday so one of the others goes i can't believe you're only seven still it's like no i didn't I, I missed a birthday. <laughs> I kept growing. Like, that's the joke. But at one point, one of them goes, he makes the joke again. Like, yeah, for a bloody seven-year-old. He goes, I'm 33. <laughs> but I got hit with the, someone who's close to my age is really talented and yeah. has achieved a lot in life. My day is ruined. Like, Yeah, I no, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've, I experienced that phenomenon really recently. I think it, it increases as, as you get older. And in this day and age, especially where you constantly see people doing stuff. It was Billy Strings. Yeah, I don't know who that is, so. He's a pheno- phenomenal bluegrass player. And I looked him up and he's younger than me. Younger than me, right? I mean, I and get- he's got Grammys and he's so good. Yeah. I get that with some wrestlers now because one, wrestling being a athletic thing, 
the young you they're skewed more younger because they have to be to be able to do some of the stuff but also there's a couple of people there's two specifically one um is billy starks mm. and another called uh remember his name nick wayne mm. and they are both turning 18 this year and i've Billy Stark, she's just started an AEW contract, and Nick Wayne is starting his went on his 18th birthday. Yeah. And the reason I signed them is because legally they couldn't be given contracts if they were under 18. Yeah. But they've already been hitting the indies and impressing people so much that uh, it's disgusting. Isn't it, it got to a point where they were literally like, you would be on cable television if you were 18 like that's the <laughs> you are so oh, you're good. already this good yes and we the only thing keeping you from being more famous right now is legality like that's the only reason you're not more famous it reminds me of the sun in the noughties <laughs> literally my how long it's been my mind just went straight to the 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 planetary star the sun <laughs> but but do you remember what it was like in the noughties do you remember what it was like back then no do you, you know the sun newspaper yeah i'm aware of the sun newspaper for our American listeners, the Sun newspaper is a tabloid tabloid newspaper in a, a in proper dirt sheet. I would describe yeah, yeah. It as. It's a it's a. I think I think the average Sun article requires you to have the reading age of an eight year old, and um, the um the comprehension of race relations from the eighteen hundreds. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and on page three of the Sun would be a photograph of a lady with very little clothing on. Um, sometimes, but, sometimes none. Sometimes none. Well, this is the thing. Mm. Um, there was a model who they wanted to do a page three spread. Oh, I know where you're going with but this. She had it's... to be eighteen, and so for like two weeks or a week leading up to it, they would photograph her with a little bit less clothing on. Jesus, as a seventeen-year-old girl, <sighs> culminating in her finally being able to do her page three spread when she turned eighteen. It was like fucking nonce chicken. It was the worst thing I've ever heard of. And it ju you just reminded me of it, where it's like, you could be on page three. The only thing that's stopping you is that you're not 18. As you say, I was talking about a really positive thing. And you're yeah, like, yeah. do you remember when humanity was even more a piece of shit? Like, <laughs> do you remember that? That's what it reminded me of. Like, oh, no, no but you, you remember it, right? You I, know what I'm talking about. I tell about. you what, I didn't see any of the specific stuff. But I 100% believe, like, well, I no, know it was a general thing that I've happened. I've never seen the actual... I didn't know the specific case, yeah. but I 100% believe they did it. Because that's the sun all, that's entirely what they're like. It's really funny as well, because the sun used to, one of the things that they would do to sell papers is just make people desperately afraid of paedophiles. Mm. And I, I love the idea, I, I fucking love the idea of somebody sitting on like a Saturday morning, reading the sun going... I'm so scared of paedophiles and I also can't wait until this 17-year-old girl I've just gotten horny over is 18 so I can actually look at her tits. And now two decades later, the Republican Party are banning drag shows for the sake of children, but, but also keeping child marriage legal. It's so, wild. Oh no, you have done it. You know the term, oh. the term, what's it, Euroboros? The, <laughs> the snake that eats its tail? That's, that's us, man. That's us. We live in that. Oh, Ryan, I don't know if do this anymore <laughs> all right we'll change the subject just um, kill me <laughs> just fucking kill me on the topic of uh humans dying uh the title this week is about aliens who sometimes kill humans so that's a good segue speaking <sighs> of segues you know the guy who made the segue i think did he die on a segue or something did he i don't know i i heard that but i don't know if it's true or not there's a fun story about mike wozniak 
he fell off a segway didn't he no he was one of the him he, well it, him and steve jobs yeah 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 um so he was one of the founders of apple and when seth rogan was playing him he met him and had dinner with him and he had a re- he was a really early adopter of the segway right so early that his segway didn't have a headlight on it he had an, an original one and so him and his wife left dinner with seth rogan and he handed her a torch and they strapped torches <laughs> to their segways and scuttled off on them. And I just find that, like, the money that man must have. Well, he was a he was the more humble of the creators, wasn't he? Oh, he seems like such a dude. Yeah. Whereas Steve Jobs was like, I'm a genius, but also I'm going to try and treat my cancer with fruit and vegetables and I'm not going to take any baths. Oh, he did that, didn't he? Yeah. He was not the brightest. Steve ball. Wozniak was the technical one as well, wasn't he? And he just was a one... normal dude. Like, yeah. He had common sense as well as was yeah. quite smart in this specific area as well. Cannot be understood how important common sense is despite being geniuses at certain areas. That includes us because we are both geniuses of podcasting, but we're terrible at everything else in life. Hmm. <laughs> we're probably closer to the Wozniak than the Steve Jobs <laughs> of the two. Yeah. yeah. But better to be a Wozniak. Anyway, and if you take nothing else from this podcast today, that's the lesson. Be a Wozniak. Don't be a Jobs, be a Wozniak. <laughs> I think that's good. I think that's good advice. At any point now in any future episode where a character does really something really stupid. I'm going to have to contain myself from being like they were being a bit of a jobs there. I they? think that's a good general, like, if if someone does something, if someone does anything wrong, it's like, were they were they jobs level or Wozniak level? So Wozniak level is like, you're just a normal guy. Like, you made a mistake, that's normal. Jobs level is like, you're a fucking idiot. Like, that was dumb as fuck what you just did. <laughs> that's the level. But But they could also be like, the world's best assassin or something like that. Yeah, that's yeah. the perfect example. So Batman. like. Yeah, but depends on how what reading or whatever it is. Bruce Batman. Yeah, Bruce Batman. Yeah. It depends who's writing him. Because I, I saw you mull that one over. I saw you. I was genuinely trying to think about whether he's uh, whether he's done anything I would consider stupid or not. And for mm. me, and I've not read that much Batman. I've read a, I've read like the the big hits, but I've not like followed him consistently. Um, the dumbest I think I've ever seen him written was probably in Batman v Superman, and that was mm. the. Why did you say that name? Who is Martha? Martha's my mum's name. Why are you saying my mum's name? Is your name? Is your mum name Martha? We should be best friends. Took no jobs. So that was the dumbest. That's the dumbest I've seen Batman written. But normally he's written pretty well. So I'd say normally he's written more like a Wozniak than a Jobs. Anyway, the title. Oh, the comic book. <laughs> We've just gone fucking miles off course today, haven't we? Yeah, well, we needed it. We needed it to refresh. Um, we are talking about a 2019 title, so kind of recent, not old, but not new either. But we're talking about uh, a title, short, a limited release, limited series, Meet the Scrolls. So the main reason for it is because there is a MCU show coming out probably soon around when this episode comes out. Um, that's called Secret Invasion. And do you know much about the secret invasion or? No, but I have so many questions. Yeah, I'll be happy to answer. Uh, Comic book questions, that's like my dream. When you told me about it, I thought you said meet the scrolls. So you've read read a title about scrolls? Well, no, but the whole time I was like, when am I going to see the scrolls? (laughs) Because they don't call each other scrolls until quite late. I mean, they have, I think. I think they there's some mention of like you should be more of a bloody scroll. I was like two and a half issues in and I realized that They say at the dinner table for sure. 
they definitely say scroll at the dinner table. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it was it was when I got to the dinner table that I realised that there were no scrolls. Right. But to start with, I was really confused. Yeah, and I think to be fair, this was a bit by design because I thought, with me knowing all the information. I thought it'd be good to get your perspective as someone who doesn't know, but then seeing how the story, how it stands up without the references. I didn't have a lick of sense. What like mm. I, it didn't make a lick of sense to me. That's fair. And but but like by con- I liked the sh- I like I like I liked the shape shifting shenanigans. Like I generally like um, any kind of fantasy or sci fi where people shift shape shift shape shift. When they shave shit. When they shave shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When, when they take an actual log of feces and they, with a razor. Um, Julienne it. Oh, <laughs> Julienne. That's a very posh word for such an awful subject. <laughs> and uh, for madame, I'll have the uh, Julienne poop. Um, uh, only, in, only in France. <laughs> I need to stop making fun of the French. On here. <laughs> yeah, you do, don't you? Like I clocked it in it's, one of our TikToks. It's such an easy, it's such an easy topic. But one thing I will say is, very proud of their rioting right now. Fucking Grade A. A protesting and rioting, like one of the best. And also the whole thing about them surrendering, surrendering. That was like propaganda from World War Two, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. It's like, ooh, an invading force has overpowered us and has like defeated our forces and entered our country, and we have to surrender to save the lives of our, you know, men and women and yeah. children who are here and not fighters. And then everyone else in Europe and America are like bloody surrender in French. Like, I know. why? Why? It's it's funny because in Britain it'll be like heating bills have gone up by literally hundreds of percent. Um, the king's brother is a nonce. And nobody can afford groceries anymore. And we just kind of sit here like, yeah, this is fine. Mm. And the French are like, what? They're raising the retirement age by one year. I will go to Paris and I will fuck shit up. To be fair, it was two years. So, you know, even more worthy of uh, that response. What? The age they wanted to raise it to is still lower than the retirement age in Britain. Yeah, yeah. I fucking love the French. Yeah, no, they're good. Oh, mate. Yeah, they're But because I hold them in such high esteem... I also enjoy taking the piss every once in a while. But in mind, more in like, uh, like uh, ah, bloody French. Like, that's my punchline most of the time. Like, oh, of course, the bloody French. That's that. I, I'm not saying anything. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not making any points about them other than they are there and they exist. You know what they're calling us at the moment? Uh, probably really, probably things we can't even put on, put on this podcast. The frozen turnips. That's, I don't know if I'd be offended if I heard that in person. I'd be more well, confused. It's, it's because, it's because we are freezing in our hovels right now. Right. Okay. And we that can't afford sense. proper food. And so we are just a bunch of frozen turnips. Yeah. The turnip are still weird. It's them just being like, why are they not dealing with that situation in a way that we think is reasonable, i.e. revolution. Yeah. And I agree. <laughs> I agree with them. Break out the guillotine. I say greatest invention of theirs <laughs> that's very severe invention so good that it kept the french name and it wasn't a yeah. f- it wasn't a food or a sex act so <laughs> that's how good the guillotine is that it survived what that- french sex acts are there i think menage a trois that's the one i always think oh, of oh yeah uh, of course oh there yeah everything it- everything cool is named after the french like a french inhale yeah or um what's the f- there's like a croissant like that's you know or a french stick 
Yeah, but that's us being like French stick, not like <laughs> calling it a French name. It's like it's French, like French stick. I'm calling it. Yeah, no, it's not a baguette. Like an yeah, exactly baguette. That's too difficult to say. I'm calling it French stick. <laughs> what shape is it? It's a stick made out of bread. It's from France. So I'm calling it French stick. Like, <laughs> angry British refusing to not even I learn, like it. Not, but... not even learn the language just to say the words at all. <laughs> Bagger. I'm calling it a bagger or a French stick. <laughs> it's a Those... bagger bread, that is, my man. <laughs> Do you want some French stick with that? It's like, bagger. Yeah. <laughs> Incidentally, one time I was in a queue for Subway years ago, back back when I my palate still deemed Subway as acceptable food, because it's yeah. fucking dog shit now. But, um, and it probably was back then as well. But I was in the queue for Subway, and the guy in front of me literally went, he was asking for his toppings, and he went, and yeah, can you put some uh, jalapenos on there? And hey. I'm buying it, so like, even I know that's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> even I know you're saying that, you're butchering that. Because especially here, like, we'll give it like a jalapenos to be like, yeah. we, we know the pronunciation. It's like, you just sound more of a, like, I just sounded like a dick saying it then. Yeah, absolutely. But then you go the other extreme, it's jalap- jalapenos. <laughs> Yeah, I'll, I'll take some jalapenos, please. I'm of two minds, because, yeah, it really bothers me when people mispronounce foreign words. But what I find even more jarring is when people overpronounce foreign words. Yes. Chorizo, fuck off, it's chorizo. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when someone says it too much, it's I'll like... have some gazpacho. No, it's gazpacho. I, I, know, I know that's how they actually say it in Spain. There's a comedian I knew in London who has a bit... And I can't remember his name, so I can't credit him with the bit. I don't think he's made it famous, so I don't know if it's that much of an issue for me to say his bit. But he, there, was a, there was a comedian in London who had a bit which was pretty good. And basically the joke was that he was talking to his mum around Christmas. And she said, oh, I heard that new song from that Michael Bubble. Hey. And, and he was like, you know, it's, you know, it's Buble, right? And she goes... Oh, right. Well, the, yeah, I guess that's a little embarrassing. And then she goes, well, actually, now that I think about it, I think I'm better off saying it that way than it for to really be buble and me to read it and say bubble. Because if it was the opposite way, I would have looked a lot worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If it's literally Michael <laughs> Bubble and you went, who is that? Michael Buble. Be like, what? <laughs> it's a good his, joke. It, his name does have an accent, though, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Are you putting off talking about this comic because you didn't enjoy it? <laughs> um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna come straight in and say that it was a bit. I mean, you'll you'll yeah. Can I, I have questions? All right. Well, I'll start I'll start by saying it's a limited issue, um, five issue limited series from 2019. Yeah. So we're not bothering with the spoilers or anything. Yeah. I think that's fair enough. Um, if you're interested in skulls or anything, I, as like as much as a non-spoiler little bit I'll give is. If you're interested in scrolls, it's an interesting aspect of their story. Um, normally, they're only ever like antagonists. They're a famous um, Fantastic Four antagonist, specifically, because they're space-based and everything. Okay, that makes sense. So this doing the to the this version of them is an interesting take. Um, and I'll I'll give the little blurb as well, um, and then we'll go to you recommending it without spoiling it because even yeah. though i mean we're not doing spoilers but i still think like we should exercise that part of your brain so i'll give you the little the blurb blurb um which what uh voice do you want it said in this week what are my options i don't know I mean, pick a voice and i'll butcher it as best i can 
We've already done Alan Moore, haven't we? I mean, I attempt. I, to, to say I did it is a bit gracious. I say I attempted it. Can you do it in my Will Smith from Suicide Squad voice? Oh yeah, easily. That's the only <laughs> other. That's the only other one I've got. So. The Warners are your typical family. <laughs> it was better than I thought it would be. Oh, and then the cat attack. Everything's <laughs> gone wrong. She was like, "Why is he making noise? I better sink my claws in him just in case." Sorry, I'm gonna let you go. Okay, I'm gonna take a. Break. Are you sure you're gonna be able to actually listen to me to it? I, I, I'm gonna have to. All right, all right. So as I was saying. <laughs> Before I was rudely interrupted. <laughs> the Warners are your typical family. Dad works at Stark. Mom works in a senator's office. Jennifer and Alice are students at Stanford High School. The only thing that makes them different is their shape-shifting scrolls and have infiltrated our society to pave the way for a scroll invasion. Robbie Thompson, Spider-Man and Deadpool. And Nico Hendricon, Doctor Strange, Pride of Baghdad, bring the Marvel Universe down to Earth with a bold new look at the scrolls will test. Sorry, look at the scrolls that will test even your loyalty. I don't know what they mean by that because nothing about the comic tested my loyalty in any way. Um, I mean, yeah. now now we're coming to you. Questions? How do you? Well, first. How would you recommend? Oh, I'd say, how would you describe this to someone who was considering reading it but without spoiling it? You know that one bit in the Men in Black where the monster from the hole starts wearing people's skin? Yes. If you really liked that bit of Men in Black, and you wished that was set in the high school from Mean Girls, yeah, you'll probably like Meet the Scrolls. One of my notes literally did say uh, Scrolls meets Mean Girls. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. That tone. Yeah. There's, um, there's like one page that's extremely mean girls, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. In, um, the, in the best possible way. And you know what? I feel like if it is... Because there are two vaguely interesting things that are happening. Um, there's the high school drama element and the fact that dad works for Tony Stark, right? Yeah. If they'd have fully explored either of them, I probably would have enjoyed it. But they lift the skirt of both without actually showing us anything interesting. Well, my general thoughts by the time I finished it, I think you'll agree. I thought for the first three, so it's a, sorry, six, no, it's a five issue run. I think for the first three issues, I thought this is all very interesting stuff. Like they're setting up very interesting stuff. And then by the fourth and fifth issue, I was like, oh, we've, we've wrapped everything. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was just wrapped up in a really neat little package really yeah. quickly. And this is a common thing with my issue with superhero titles in general, is there's a lot of interesting ideas and premises. Premise, premises? Premisei? Premises. Not, you get off the premises, like that kind of. <laughs> there's a lot of interesting, there's a lot of interesting concepts for like an initial premises, mm. but they either wrap things up too quickly, which they, they've kind of done here, or they default into more tropey endings or resolutions. Yeah, how did you feel about the ending? The ending, again, I think it just tied things up too quickly. I, I, I didn't think it was a bad ending, but I felt like it was a rushed ending. But not in the sense that, like, 
oh, they thought they had more issues to explore things than they didn't. I think, again, I said the first half of it was creating interesting premises. And then by the fourth or fifth, they were like, we don't have to worry about that stuff now. It's all gone now. It's all yeah. fine. Um, I still think they did interesting stuff. Like, again, the, the general premise of um, this family in hiding. And this actually, really interestingly, I just started watching a TV show. This is my corner again, but it's just it's pure coincidence. Before I even read the comic and re- remembered that I was reading this comic for today, I started. I tried the first episode of the show The Americans on oh, yeah, Disney, yeah, yeah. and that is literally Cold War spies yeah. pretending to be family. So I had that to contrast to, and that's a really good version of this trope. Well, so the dad, the father, yes, he was mum's son, right? No, I don't think so. Uh, mate, I'm honestly... They were off separate worlds. So there's a part where they're talking between them and um, they're talking about meeting their handler, um, yeah. Mo- Mogoth, Mogoth, whatever his name is. The one, who, the one who turns himself into the dad and starts murdering them all. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the ending. Yeah. but um, the, the only vaguely interesting bit of the whole thing. Well, there's other little bits, which, we'll get in, which I'll get into for sure. But um, that bit where they're talking and she's... He says, oh, Mogoth or whatever wants to meet again. And she goes like, well, I'm the senior of the two. Yeah. And he goes, yeah, but we're with throne world people. So right. we're, they're well, from the same scroll planet. Right. Well, again, this is these, the I had questions. That's fair. And I think a good criticism of it is it's not a comic. You can go in without knowledge of the references. Yeah. So there, they cut back to throne world and they were losing their rip on throne world i think it was getting no so it was getting eaten by galactus right what's galactus all right so the guy i did wonder if you were gonna recognize him or not galactus is kind of known a bit outside of um like the hardcore fandom he's a giant space creature that looks like a guy in weird armor who eats planets to live uh, he's the guy who created the Silver Surfer. So, do you why know- am I getting the same vibe from him as I was from the villain in that Alan Moore Superman comic? Yeah. Oh, um, God, what was his name? Mo Mongol. So Galactus so is public. like the size of a solar system, <laughs> or like that kind of like. Co- he doesn't sneak up. To- <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you're if you're on a planet and he's he's heading your way, you'd be like, I think there's a guy there. Hey, there's a guy at normal size. Oh no, he's just really far away. <laughs> That's how they see Galactus coming. Yeah, Galactus and Heimdall exist in the same universe, don't they? He's either normal size or he's really far away, and we're in trouble. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Right. Okay. But the. So the point is, Galactus travels the universe eating planets to live. So when you see his planet, the throne world planet, getting messed up, and then Galactus, it's the, the reference is Galactus is eating their right, planet. Okay. And that's why it's being destroyed. Right. Because okay. yeah. I was like, they're losing a war, but they were also talking about taking over planets, and it just made no sense to me. Yeah, and that's fair enough. And I think, yeah, I like comparatively to the Supergirl comic we read, I feel like that had some but far less references required. Like you, I think you got more out of the Supergirl comic without knowing any of the references. I know less about DC comics than I do Marvel. Yeah. 
and I followed that and enjoyed it. Yeah. So, Whereas with this, I was often just like, huh? Yeah. And I think that's what's just, going on when approaching these superhero comics. I think it's better for you to not know this stuff because I think of the two of us, it gives us different gives us different like viewpoints of the comic. And the, yeah, if one can work without the required knowledge, I think that's then a credit to the writing. Yeah. Whereas 100%. in this case, this one relied on previous characters and events and information. Like I got who Tony Stark was. Obviously. Yeah, I figured that is the one you would at least get. And I, and I recognized um, what's her name? Pepper Potts. Yeah. Yeah. I recognized Pepper Potts, and obviously because of like. I imagine that modern Marvel comics have gone the same way as the films. And so, yes. like, when I saw Pepper Potts not in a suit, I was like, oh, okay, this roughly contextualizes, like, what kind of Tony Stark I'm looking at. Yeah, that's fine. And then you see him twice for two panels and he's gone. <laughs> and that's, I do like stories that have that kind of, like, the bigger universe is happening over here and we're getting brief touches of it, but then, mm. it, but then it's gone. And it kind of, it does contextualize where this normality is in relation to because it's all well and good being like hey it's aliens on a being a white picket fence middle america thing and also there's a galactus and there's iron man yeah like it's not like it's not like third rock from the sun which was a hardcore like there are aliens but they are humans and that's it like that that's all that we've got to work with that it didn't rely on like the only storylines it had with other aliens were like they were like character and relationship based so it wasn't like oh no with the end the world is ending we have to save it with our alien powers it was yeah. like the head the head of the aliens comes down and he's like <laughs> what have you been doing with the mission they'd be like ah we've been like just chilling with the humans <laughs> we like it here. yeah so that's so third off from the sun a good version of this and i think what's interesting is this is what's interesting in reading these comics is finding out tropes do exist but you only see once it's parodied or dissected or just used even just yeah. used like this one a good version of this trope in a comic is one i've recommended to you before and i think we'll do at one point is the vision comic by tom king read it okay there, there you go so that's that i compared this a lot to that yeah it's even sick. It's even so though the, good. the vision one they're not in hiding no. but it still feels like fitting in and yeah man we should talk about that one yeah after after you talked about it I, I skimmed through it um and really enjoyed it and then watched some wandavision as well mm. it's like oh this is pretty good shit too and you could tell why that was an inspiration for yeah. for that yeah so this one it does feel like i think that's what drew me to reading this back when it first came out in 2019 oh would you already read this i had read it but literally so long ago i say so long ago four years ago and it was such a short run and as you as you pointed out nothing that significant happens in it so i didn't barely remember anything from it so i had to reread it and it was almost like reading it again. i feel as though this is one that you would get something out of if you were regularly and routinely reading through mm. marvel universe stuff and i think especially is that what it was is that is that the audience yeah. that it was meant for right i think it was so meant for the hardcore not yes and not only because of needing the information to know you know the references and the other characters and galactus and everything i also think it, it serves a good purpose when you're reading marvel dc and it's constantly like you know ooh, there's another villain and oh it's the end of the world and everything's on the line and if the hero doesn't make it then everyone dies like that's yeah. the constant theme or it's it's either at that or it's always ramping up to that in most in about like 
a hundred titles at one time across yeah. both companies. So when you're reading those every week, and then suddenly you get a, ooh, the skulls are hiding in America, and they're you know that that becomes a bit of a um, a little bit of a palate cleanser when you're the in the novelty. middle of those. Yes, because exactly. everything was quite low stakes, wasn't it? Exactly. And to be honest, I like those low stakes superhero shows if they're written very well. Like, to, like again, come back to the Supergirl one, which I think you didn't even consider that well written. I think you, am I right? Say you thought good, not great for the Supergirl one. I liked. Yeah. So um, good, at least good. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I really enjoyed it. So I thought that was generally low stakes, but the characters made it feel like high stakes because these were important things to the characters, weren't they? Yeah, and to stay on that one for a minute, in comparison, mm. obviously it was a longer run. Yeah. Um, and we had fewer important characters to follow. Yeah. Um, but one of the things I really enjoyed about it, and one of the things that whoever wrote it, I forget who it was now, Tom King, Supergirl. Was it Tom King? Yeah, yeah, that was Tom King. One of the things that Tom King did really well is have these defined voices for all these characters, and I really got a sense of who they were. Yeah. The two daughters, I was constantly having to backtrack to work out which one was doing things. Yes, there, there was some hair color change. So one of them had black hair as a scroll and a human, but yeah. the other one had black hair as a scroll and blonde hair as a human. Yeah. So it became then having to remember that the young, the blonde-haired human is the shorter scroll. Yeah. So you had to kind of remind yourself. But every you're not once looking in a while. at them in comparison with full body images for no. every panel. So you're like, who's doing what, and, and where are they going? And even bigger problem: the storyline about the sibling who had died. They were also black-haired. Yeah, so, yeah. So when it came to the flashback of the how the third sibling died, they looked all the same as the scrolls. I had to skim it twice. So I read it once and then skimmed back through it. And it wasn't really until the second pass that I realized there was a dead sibling. Yeah. I really struggled to follow this. The, I actually made note that I, I appreciated that the way they got across the, the sibling who had previously died. I did appreciate how they did it. It was right in the middle of, I judged it as being in the middle of subtle and obvious. Like, it was kind of right in the middle there. It wasn't so subtle to be, like, really well-written, but it was not obvious enough that it felt like, oh, you you remind me of the other yeah. scroll child who died previously and we're still yeah. mourning. Like, it wasn't that. So it was it was just about enough in the middle of um one of them storming away from the tail, being like, oh, you, I won't, won't compare to her. Yeah. And it's a, it's obviously a child. She's not there. There's, a, there's four settings at the table. You know, I appreciate that kind of, in inferring of what happened and then it just gets more obvious as it goes along yeah but it's good that it started as an inference and then was obvious story and then was stated a bit more obviously yeah yeah but i think a problem that you've said of some comics is when characters don't look different enough look to be the same. yes <laughs> and uh, yeah and 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 there was a defined art style here mm. and i didn't you know, they all had these quite square, quite strong jaws, and it gave me a really lot strong sense of like what their species looked like. They are humanoid, but there is something kind of square and rigid and strong about them. Um, and so in terms of the visual language, I think it was quite successful in conveying something about the species as a whole to me. Yeah. As somebody who'd never heard of a scroll, um, 
it was quite successful in conveying that. But in terms of just fucking differentiating between characters, mm. in such a visual medium, man, and I, and I, and, this, and this has been a complaint that I've had on and off for a lot of different comic books. Yep. I want to be able to tell the difference between the characters. I don't mm. want to have to sit there and think, who am I looking at? Yeah. I want to be able to just know. And, uh, and when I'm reading a novel, I will forgive mm. it sometimes that a bunch of people who live in the same place and have the same accent look the same on the page. Yeah. But you're literally drawing them. Like, it's not hard to give one of them a little fucking hat. You know, yeah. it's not... You just... Give one of them glasses or a hat or a funky necklace. Like, it doesn't have to be anything big, does it? Yeah, I think I'm going to be kind of on the fence here with, with both sides. On the one hand, I see exactly exactly what you mean, that the artist and the writer, they could have contextualized some kind of difference when they're in their scroll form. On the other side, I do also see, and this is from having the relevant knowledge, the scrolls do all look the same when they are in their normal form. A bit racist. Exactly. Space, <laughs> space racism at its finest. You knew I was going to say yeah. it. But there is a, it's written into the, um, on the one hand, it's kind of written into the, into the species because they shapeshift. They don't mind being all un- looking uniform um, when they're not right. because the personality kind of comes out in the shapeshifting, if that makes sense. There was a conversation between two scrolls. Mm. One of them had shaped, they were both shapeshifted into middle-aged men. Mm. And one of them says, oh, whatever form you take, you're always beautiful. I made a note of that as well. I thought, not, I originally thought surprisingly progressive, but then I think as where you're going, if they shapeshift, they obviously don't care about gender presenting or anything like that because yeah. they can be anything anyway. Yeah, no, that, that, yeah, that was in, that was one of the things like, the, and it was a kind of three panel horizontal down the page spread. Mm where they had a little kiss in the in between their shape shiftings and I was like oh that's interesting. Yeah. Um and then again it was a relationship that we didn't really see develop. Yeah, I think they they had some um they had some tropes of a married couple uh which were interesting because with something like this and me not having to worry about thinking about anything else like who is who or what is what what, you know what are these who is this i was kind of looking at like are they just a couple by um are they a couple by necessity as a cover or are they an actual couple and there was bits where they go you know there's something deeper there and i did appreciate it was a little like that one was quite an obvious one but i think a well-written one for the skull characters specifically it worked yeah one bit i liked was I don't know how far the kids were in or not, because some things of this trope, like aliens on Earth, like, again, Third Rock from the Sun, the kid isn't a kid. He's like, an old, yeah. he's the oldest of them, but he's in a kid's body. So with the scrolls, like, I gathered they were still scroll children, but I don't know if they were spies as well. Or well, not. yeah, I couldn't work it out. I couldn't work well, out if they were actually juveniles or they were... Well, the bit that I took away, which answered it for me, was when they're talking, they're openly talking about their plans. So they're all in on it. And then, so that's why I was thinking, where, how, how, what is their relationship between each other, really? And it was the moment where they're saying, oh, yeah, we got the guy to admit to the stuff so we know where the thing is and we'll go get it. And oh, then, yeah. And then the kid, one of the kids goes, ha, good work. By the way, how did you get the information from them? And they're remembering back to how they got the information, which was basically one of them had sex with them. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. they go, oh, you know, just have our ways. And that was the moment I was like, okay, so there's something here. Because if they were all like 
co-workers essentially alien co-workers want to be like i had sex with a human like yeah. to, for the mission so the fact that they didn't they weren't just open like that maybe think okay so there is like they are, maybe yeah, they yeah, are makes sense. and then as we find out later in the series they are the children of the spies so they do care about them but there's a tension within them where it's like they are children but they have to be spies for the scroll yeah. empire and everything as well and they have a job to do exactly yeah so i there's little bits and pieces which again in the more the first half of the series that i thought was interesting and you know raised interesting points and then just after like issue four and five it was just resolving the story like that was all, all we're doing now is resolving the story so there could have been an interesting longer run but again with marvel and dc it's like if it's not a main title either it's winning awards or it's just getting canned and i think that was what we had here was let's see how this is received people go yeah it's all right and people are, oh no awards all right it's been now back to batman is that like, what happened i i assume i don't know but the, i do know there hasn't been any more scroll comics of this there's this mm. story has not been continued as far as i know so that in itself unless they've been brought in in someone else's title then i think it was just binned off and you know was an interesting enough story in its own right but yeah i think uh it no one five issues of a comic book isn't a lot of space no exactly and that's why i think they raised such not such big you know co um it's not that they raised such big things in the beginning to be like how are we going to explore these ideas oh no mm. it's only been five issues but it was enough to be like hey this could be like a 10 issue run where you explore some of these ideas a bit more and then it was you know, yeah five yeah, no, I feel like if they had more space, they would have had more space to explain what was going on. Mm. You could have had, like, for example, you could have had a relationship between the dad and someone at his work, and they're like, they're yeah. like, ooh, this scroll, this scroll finding technology is uh, it's going to be good. Blah, those scrolls. And, and yeah. the dad having to be like, yeah, fuck the scrolls or whatever. Well, just seeing some of him at Stark Corporation would have been really interesting. Exactly. Um, he hated Stark, which was a nice added yeah. little flavor. Um yeah, there were some, there were some shocking moments, and I say sh I use the term shocking as like more of like an intent of the bit rather than actually being shocked by it, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah. But there was a bit later where the handler turns out to be like a traitor, um, yeah. which I think was kind of obvious. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then the daughter turns out to be alive, and that's yeah. a. I didn't see that one coming, but I wasn't like, oh my god, they got me. I was more kind of like. Oh, she's alive. So I don't care. Yeah, and it, it hadn't been long enough. Yeah. Well, we'd, yeah, we're not really hard to care about somebody being alive that you've not seen or cared about yet. Exactly. Yeah. I think at, at best, and you could only take this from it, at best I had a, oh, that's what they're, that's what they're rescuing. Yeah. That, that's the mission. Oh, okay. Like, that was it. But again, over a longer time, it would have been like, oh, shit, the dead one's alive. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. So. There, there wasn't much. Um, I like the art all the way through. Um, like as you said, I like the yeah. transforming art. Yeah, I thought that was quite yeah. good. And it did, it did a thing. It did a thing that I like that I've <laughs> talked about a lot. Call off the, call off the witch hunt. It did a thing. We're fine now. It did a thing that I like. There was a moment where somebody was slapping somebody while they were fight while they were arguing with them, mm. and all of the panels got really small, and they put them really close together. And they made it scan really quickly, so it actually felt to me like you know it, it scanned quickly, mm. like, like action is happening, like yeah. almost like your brain's doing a flip book. 
because you're looking at each one so quickly. Yeah, yeah. They sped the pace up for the action. And mm. anybody that has listened to more than just this episode of the podcast will know that one of my biggest pet peeves in comic books is when an action scene is happening and they don't do anything to speed up the pace at which you read it. And also when they have big chunks of dialogue over oh. the action, yeah. Oh, like or, at the end of Supergirl. Yes. The but, end of Supergirl. What was good here was the only dialogue was the male scroll trying to tell the woman why she should stop hitting yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So he didn't mind being hit. He was fine with it, but he was just like, uh, you know, we probably shouldn't you should do this because <laughs> actually it's fine that you know if you could stop punching me so i could tell you for a second like that kind yeah of. but they did a good job yeah um, um the, pa- page layouts in general were fine i think the art was quite good yeah um, but surprisingly the artist so i didn't know this going in until mm. just reading the blurb now they did the art for a title called pride of baghdad and that oh my god that it's it's interesting it's i I'm pretty sure, I'm not going to look up just to see if I get it right. I'm pretty sure the story is about lions in Baghdad. That, so that's the pride, the pride oh, of Baghdad. Oh, it's literally yeah. the pride yes. of Baghdad. But it's written by Brian K. Vaughan. And that's one of his big titles. Fact, fact checking. That looks sick. Yeah, and that's one we could do at some point. But I remember at least the cover art looking good on that. So, um... So when I saw just now that this is the person, I thought, oh, yeah, I think this kind of work for that artist, it's probably like a low stakes, like, yeah, I'll make it a bit interesting, but I'm not like breaking myself creatively, you know, working on this. The Pride of Baghdad art looks sick. Yeah, exactly. So it that we know really they do. Fit. Yeah, I, that's what I mean. I think this doing this was a breeze if they've done stuff like that. Yeah, no, Beautiful Vistas really really expressive we need to read this yes yeah. well it's this it, looks good it's on the list definitely on the list the we've actually well yeah our first title was a brian k vaughan one yeah. so maybe we if we should we mark it as like a special like episode 20 or episode 50 or something like that like we've made the milestone we revisit brian k vaughan for it to treat ourselves to a good one that we I know feel is gonna like, be good. i feel like any milestones we know who we're gonna read for milestone episodes yeah you're right i don't, I don't know why the dead forget he who shall not be named well have, have you got the klaxon ready i i haven't prepared any kind of klaxon i probably will so, by the time i edit and release this but it's not the first time he's been mentioned in the episode anyway no true i well i mentioned watchman so yeah and i mentioned his, his Superman his, Cooper comic. And his accent when talking about accent. He's always here. <laughs> He's Ever always present. in the room. Yeah. yeah. You we... cannot escape. <laughs> we we cannot escape. Do you think this is this could be like some kind of horror film where we can't help but keep mentioning a certain person <laughs> and then we realize eventually that we're like both obsessed with him without realizing and I mean, he's good. And also, he's like kidnapped and like <laughs> gagged in the corner. Like, oh, oh no, 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 no. <laughs> For anyone listening, like, please don't come here. Alan Moore is not here. No, like, no. it's okay. We've only got Rob Liefeld and no one cares about him. Who the fuck's Rob Liefeld? He's, he's the creator of Deadpool and he's a, <laughs> he's a, he's a bit of an asshole. But oh, like, is he? Yeah, but a funny way. He's like, someone, someone called him out where, not even called him out, he called someone else out. Mm. So, someone mentioned how copies of there's superhero characters that are across marvel and dc they're just copies of each other right yeah aquaman and namor um bloody superman and whatever the marvel is just who met sentry well you're captain marvel to an extent um i think of obvious ones 
Spider-Man and there's a DC character called Tarantula. Like there's like, oh, there's no oh, shit. Is yeah, there the really? Flash and Quicksilver. So yeah. there's all those ones. And someone pointed out like, oh yeah, because um, Deadpool is a, a copy of um, Slade Wilson. And even the creator admitted to that. And then Rob Liefeld, who is a creator, tweeted back at that person being like, uh, I'm the creator and no, he's not. So, you know, fuck you. Like I've just dunked on you on Twitter kind of thing. And oh. But then everyone else was like, mate, Deathstroke is his name is Slade Wilson. Deadpool, Wade who Wilson. looks like him, you called Wade Wilson. Shut the fuck up. Like we know, don't pretend like you didn't intentionally parody this oh. existing character. And also, everything that's great about Deadpool came after he stopped writing the character. <laughs> it was other people made him good. Before then, he was a generic mercenary character who quipped a bit. Like, yeah. So, again, so basically, Rob Liefeld, he's he's easy prime target to make fun of. It's very funny. Also, the worst fucking art I've ever seen was his. Okay. Let me he, have a go at it then. <laughs> what? I have a look at it. Have you heard about that Rob Liefeld? <laughs> the real dick. I can't believe you disparage. I can't believe you disparage the creator of Deadpool <laughs> so easily. How dare you? Now, can, we're, now he's never going to come on the show. Can you please tweet about us, Rob Liefeld? Like <laughs> you can say whatever you want about me, baby. Oh, if he dunks on us, and then people are like, "What is this podcast that he's dunking on?" Uh, well, this is why. This is why. Right. So we need to stop talking about Alan Moore and start talking about Rob Liefeld because apparently he'll be a bell end on Twitter about it. I mean, I hope so. Um, Should we tweet this episode at him? <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of this? And then give him the, the mark the of where, the time signature where we start talking about him. Yeah. <laughs> I'm there for it. So I searched Rob Liefeld and the thing that I was searching for was already one of the top things oh, that comes no up shit. in his name. So he wrote and drew. So mm. he wrote and drew a bunch of stuff. Um, yeah. But I think like maybe to do with the... Um, Judge Dredd, 2000 AD, that kind of stuff. Right. That was like a company, but he he wrote and drew a lot of stuff. He, this panel is infamously known as the one of the worst character depictions ever. Right. Okay. So he drew and wrote uh, Captain America. Oh, you're really building the suspense. Oh, I am. Because if you think people look like this, I this is this is prime. Should have gone to Specsavers advert if this is how you think people look. It's awful proportions, isn't it? I'm going to paint you a word picture. It's Captain America. He stood inside profile, but you can see the front of his pecs. His neck has... He looks like he could have a plate under his face and eat from it without his hands. Yeah, yeah. No, his jaw is the squarest thing I've ever seen. But mostly the fact that he stood side on, but you can see the front of his chest, which doesn't make... It's horrible, isn't it? It's just bad. It's, it's bad drawing. It, you know, like a, like a horse in a pantomime where there are two, two people in the suit? Yeah. There are two people in just that Just standing cap next to each yeah, other, yeah, yeah, yeah. but one's the head and the other's just goes up to the chest. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's... Oh, Ryan, you've ruined my day with that. <laughs> and he has a belt, but mate, it's awful. If anyone listening at home wants to see this, literally just search Rob Liefeld, and then if you put C, it'll autocorrect <laughs> Captain America, and then people will, you'll, this is the first result on images. And the first web result is a Reddit post going, what is the infamous Captain America drawn by Rob Liefeld? So, and naturally, obviously, someone's responded with it. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. Um, 
but yeah, so art is cool. Uh, going back to it, yeah, um, no, the art is cool, isn't it? Like I, um, it does the job in a in a very good way. I would say I wouldn't say it's overly blowing me away, but it's it's very very serviceable and enjoyable. I want to go back to something that you said about it because it is something that they nailed is the transitions. Yeah. Um. So their shape shifting transitions look sick. Um, there's a panel where Tony Stark's suit is halfway off. Mm. That looks sick. Like they, yeah, no, for, they nailed the trans. Yeah, they nailed the artwork. It looks really pretty. And this is what I mean by I think this artist, I who I will get their name again because just to credit them, uh, Nico Henricon, I think it's pronounced, or Henrichon. One of those pronunciations I think is correct. When I was a bit younger and I was studying linguistics. You know the funny symbols that you have in a thesaurus that tells you how words are pronounced? Uh, the phonetic pronunciation? Yeah. Yeah. Once upon a time, I knew how to read those. Right. I don't anymore. Have you it's got knowledge that I've lost. Have you got the pronunciation of, of this name? Well, I'm now trying to find it. I'm going to the source of all knowledge. Wikipedia? Cool. He's right. So he's Canadian. Are you ready? Yeah. Henry Chon. Okay, so my second one was correct. Henry Chon. Henry Chon, yeah. Henry Chon, Mr. Henry Chon. Nico Henry Chon. So good if wanna, art. If you want to come on the podcast, Nico, um, we like you. <laughs> like, you've not said anything weird on Twitter and your drawings are really good. Despite our English butchering of names that aren't 100% West, <laughs> Western names. If it's not Smith, I can't say it. Yeah, exactly. We're, we're the dumb ones. Us, 100%. Whenever whenever anyone like there's a there's a there's a societal faux pas more so these days about mispronouncing names right yeah and i think as long as you get across like i'm the dumb one this yeah. i can't pronounce anything because i'm an idiot who doesn't who is not experienced with the larger world mm. so as long as you get across that and be like i am attempting to pronounce it with my limited capacity for language and names yeah this is my attempt rather than people are like what is that? Spanish or you know that kind of? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing American, obviously. But, <laughs> but that you know, like as long as you're not a dick about it, then you know. And then if someone else is like, oh, "I can't believe you pronounced that wrong," it's like, "Well, I tried my best, and that's mm. all we can ask for." So yeah, I did. I did. I did the job I could do. Exactly. And also, we <laughs> looked it up as well, and yeah. I was close with my second attempt. So yeah, you were bang on. Yeah, second time around. What I giggled at. <laughs> yes, <laughs> the one you mocked me for. Was like, one, oh no, that's the, the real one. The one that sounded silly. Yes, was somehow the real way to pronounce it. To us, because again, we are naive Western. I've never left Norfolk. Yeah, that kind <laughs> of. We're basically that, even though we left. But we left and went, it's too hot here. And then we came back again. <laughs> I don't think there's too much else we can really say about it because, again, the start off interesting and then the ending is just a kind of generic tying up everything. Um, yeah. One thing I liked, this will be my last point because I, I just don't have many other points to make about it. Um, my last point, I think, is I liked that the goals of the spies, the scroll spies, it kind of was somewhere in between. Let's take over and enslave the human race, but also because if we don't, we've got nothing else, and we our species might die out. So I think when you're writing, because these are essentially antiheroes, for lack of a better term, maybe yeah. even as far as villains, but they're the protagonists of this story naturally. Yeah. But it's a good way of framing it between bad intentions, but also 
necessary intentions, if that makes sense. So I like that it's kind of between those. It's somewhere between those two points, and it's kind of up to you where where you think they're they really lie. Because obviously they're not fans of humans, but you know, then the daughter has some. You know, the youngest daughter certainly has some leanings, doesn't she? Yeah, and I think it was a mistake to push her all the way the other way. She just go, kind of goes straight back to like, no, no, I'm full scroll now. I'm 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 all scroll again. Like, I don't know. It was again. It was a bit rushed ending. I think in terms of final recommendation. If you're into this kind of stuff, if you want to read a scroll story, it's probably the only one, I think. They did. I mean, so there's the big one is the Secret Invasion storyline, but that's more of a... That was a big cross-title event, and it was about who's a scroll, who's not a scroll, that kind of thing. If you want this, but better, watch Face Off. Or uh, The Vision the, the visions visions is yeah that, or yeah yeah tom yeah, no. king's vision run 100 percent, yeah tom king's vision run mm. gets you the same kind of uh middle america but not quite middle america story yeah um and if you want some shape-shifting antics then it's face off yes that's shape-shifting i mean i go more like face off is brilliant i mean i go animorphs to go for a real yeah deep, deep yeah maybe reference. yeah yeah, yeah. Also, you could go the Americans, as I mentioned earlier, yeah. or you go Third Rock from the Sun. Oh, so there's like so funny. Those so are good. like four things that do this better. <laughs> but I'm still kind of recommending this. It didn't. It didn't do anything wrong. It just wasn't very good. It was functional. It it worked well. If it was like if it was a watch, it would tell time, but it yeah. wouldn't be impressive. If that makes sense. Yeah. It's it works, does the job, but it's not memorable, unfortunately. I think that's and again, we never want to be we never dick on any it's person's a, work, you know. It's a quartz day date without any more complications for yeah. people who like watches. Whatever that means, absolutely. Yeah. That's for, a deep cut. Yeah. For wrestler for wrestling it's a an elbow drop that looks fine. <laughs> but you're not like, whoa. But you're just like, ah, it's fine. It's a pretty decent free kick that didn't quite lead to a goal it, it's one of those without knowing football as neither of us do it's one of those kicks that the goalie saves but you go well the goalie was really good there yeah that's the only reason it, it got saved was because they were such a good goal yeah but it absolutely. was still a decent kick like that kind yeah of thing. yeah final <laughs> final summary so there it you go. was it was pancakes when you ordered waffles it depends on the top if as long as it's the same topping yeah 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 because that's if it was different toppings then yeah it'd be you'd be annoyed um it's like it's like if you like white bread and they only have best of both so it's not even like brown <laughs> bread, but it's like it's still it looks the same it's a it's, bit brown yeah it's just a little bit and you're like yeah it's fine like it's it's like watching a transformers film and it's any of the other transformers film because they all suck but your expectations are still met with a fine because you expected a Transformers film. Does that make sense? I like Shia LaBeouf. Uh, I don't know. He's a bit, he's a bit all over the place, isn't he? Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, but like sometimes in a bad way. Like yeah. I've, I've heard he could be a bit of a dick as well. It's um like rain on your way. <laughs> <laughs> Ten thousand spoons when all you need is a knife. Yeah, and you're like, well, I guess this will work. <laughs> it's fine. It just didn't inspire me. So it's it's very fine. Yes. Yeah, it's bang average. But it does enough interesting stuff why I wouldn't call it boring. 
That's okay. the difference. Yeah, we can go with that. Yeah, I wasn't bored by it. I was just surprised it ended so quickly without... How many shape-shifting scrolls out of five would you give it? Um, I'd give it two, but they look like four because of the shape-shifting. So it... <laughs> that was a good answer. So, it, so it, it meddles out into a three. So, yes. thank you for listening. Mm. If you are... What's his name? Um, Rob Liefeld. <laughs> if you're Rob Liefeld and you would like to defend your honour, you can email us at comicglitterate at gmail.com. That's if you bloody still have some honour, and <laughs> fucking dickhead. Um, <laughs> it's like, these British people hate me. It's like, no, no, that's, we talk to each other like that all the time. It's fine. That's, that's a term of endearment. If I call you, if I don't call you a cunt, it means I don't like you. Um, unless you're Australian. In which case, yeah, it can mean a multiginous list of things. Exactly. Um, if you would like to see some highlights of the Comic Literary podcast, which have been edited down into short videos, you can find us on TikTok or YouTube. Just search Comic Literary Podcast. And please leave a review on... It's like Apple Music and yep. the Google Podcasts and somewhere else. Wherever you're listening to us, leave a review. Spotify and iTunes. Spotify and iTunes. They're the ones. Thanks so much for your time and good night. Oh, if you want to write to us and tell us to kill ourselves, I feel like that should be a running thing. Like, if you do want to tell us to kill ourselves because you hate our opinions so much, yeah. as happens in internet discourse, yeah. send your threats um, to. Do you remember? I've already said the email address. Is it? I've, do I blank it every time? Yeah, every time. I can't. Wow, I'm gonna. I I'm said go, I'm generally gonna have to. I'm gonna listen back to this and hear you say it and go. How did I miss that? Like, yeah, I said if you're Phil Liefeld and you'd like to defend your honor, that was it. I think I was thinking too much. Gmail dot com. That was because I was already going into like fuck you, Liefeld. <laughs> like I was in that kind of. Yeah, space. no, I've already. I'll I'm, edit I'm this fucking part. I'll edit it straight part, off, so, mate. Yeah, I'll edit this part. I'll just be like, hey, if you want, no, to- leave it in. <laughs> fucking leave it in. <laughs> Fine, the world needs to leave know. Leave my shame in the in the, in the, in the podcast. <laughs> Fine. Thanks. Bye. Bye.